Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm Mike Surratt, your host, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier, and join with, with me as he is. As always, we have BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Thursday, November 18th, and uh, the Friars will be hosting uh, UNH tonight at 6.30. But, uh, you know, first things first, BOC, we got to talk about that game against Wisconsin on Monday night. Um, I'll start with you because, listen, on our last podcast, you came in and we're saying, hey, you know, this is a game PC should win. PC has a better team than Wisconsin, even though PC was uh, the uh, underdog by five and a half points. Uh, and you felt like this is a game that they should go in and win. And sure enough, for the most part, they did it pretty much going away. I mean, it, it was, you know, it was tight, but wasn't tight, right? Yeah, so... Um... I, by the way, I am wrong more times than I'm right. So a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. But I thought we were the better team going in. And the first 34, 35 minutes, we showed that. Um, the, the thing that's frustrating is all of the good that we did in the first 35 minutes was just completely wiped away in the last five minutes where we seemingly tried to do everything possible to throw the game away. It's just Wisconsin, Wisconsin if they had an adequate offense, would have won that game and taken it from us, which would have been so disheartening because we were the better team for 95% of the game. Um, but, you know, that's why you play the first 35 minutes and they were the better team. Defensively, they were fantastic. Um, they rebounded really well. Nate Watson was an absolute beast. He, you know, doing that, uh, you know, on FS1 against a Big Ten team, Big Ten's known for the big men. Nate Watson showed out. Um, if anything, he should have gotten more touches in the last five to, five to ten minutes, um, and we probably would have maintained that five to ten-point lead, if not more. Um, so great win on the road. Wisconsin, even if they were missing their leading scorer and they're not the Wisconsin that we know and love from years past, still a great program, have a great coach and Greg Gard. So all in all, we're undefeated. On to the next win. Yeah, I mean, so – you know, PC gets the victory, 63-58, um, led at halftime, 34-23, as BOC alluded to. They did some stuff uh, late in the game to make it a little interesting, which we'll get to. But, um, yeah, some of the points you mentioned, defense was awesome, holding Wisconsin to 58 points. They held them to 32% from the floor, 18.5% from three. Uh, can't ask much better of that. 
out rebounded them 44 35 so plus nine on, on the glass and a plus one on the offensive glass so not too great there but definitely crashed the boards obviously that's going to happen when a team misses a bunch of shots but uh but yeah nate watson definitely the story right 24.6 rebounds in a block on 11 of 15 shooting he was awesome uh he really dominated the game and i think that's going to go a long way uh going forward for this pc and team in terms of if you have a game where the team's struggling, you always know you can throw it into Watson and expect good results. So that was awesome. And on top of that, you know, Nate Watson, and probably deservedly so, gets, gets some slack for his defense a little bit. And Stephen Crow, one of 10. Ben Carlson, one of seven. I, I thought him, Horkler, and, and, even, uh, and even Ed Crosswell did a really good job with their bigs. Granted, their bigs are young, but still. I thought they dominated them. Yeah, I um, I, I agree with everything you say. And um, one thing I would like to see, especially at the end of the game, was we were set – like, I think they switched up their defense, which was an astute thing to do, and they were fronting Nate a bit more to deny the ball. We need to draw up a better way to get him the ball because that's going to be the recipe. Because if you allow him to get in the post, there's a he's most likely going to score on you. He's so efficient, like – he went 11 of, 11 of 15 when he got 24 points. So what they're going to do is they're going to front him, and Cooley and the assistants need to find a way to drop some better touches because, you know, the last five minutes, the offensive flow was inexcusable. Like, you know, we having two seconds on the shot clock and Bynum or Durham doing, like, a step-back contested three, why would you do that when you have Watson, who is playing amazing? Like, that's something where we, you know, you can – it's a coach's dream where you get a tough win on the road, but – there's so many things you need to clean up and you can still clean it up after a win. So I think they'll point to those execution in the final five, six minutes. Um, but yeah, Watson carried the team. I think Horkler played within himself. Like he just wasn't getting the looks. solid defense. Croswell was serviceable. Um, yeah. So all in all good stuff. I'll tell you what, I think Crossball, I wrote about this in our recap article. Uh, I think Crossball might, might be a little bit of, of PC's enforcer off the bench, which uh, I'm excited to see, you know, he, um, he gets into it with Brad Davison multiple times. Um, and then of course, when PC gets the victory and they, they do the mock uh, Gator chomp, the whole JP McCura, uh, Xavier versus Wisconsin, Wisconsin losing to Florida is like all this whole thing that's carried on. And uh, uh, the Friars were, were mocking their cheer. And of course, it was Ed Crosswell who literally does it right in Brad Davidson's face. It was unreal. Well, uh, so I, I like that edge that, that that Ed is showing me right now. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's uh, we we need it. We want to be a gritty and tough team. Can I say one thing on Davidson? Like, yeah, everybody, of course, everybody's like, oh, he's such a hustle player. He works so hard. He's like, you know, every single every single every single metaphor you could use for like a small white point card. He shot them out of that game, by the way. He was, what was it, 3 of 11 from 3. And everybody says that stuff, but you can also just call it a spade a spade. He's a dirty player. Like, you can, you can be a hustle player and work your tail off without all the, like, grabbing up, grabbing and pulling Reeves and Durham. Like, that stuff just doesn't fly. And he gets away with it because that's his, like, persona. But, you know, he's going to get popped one of these days. Yeah, um, it's funny you say that because 
because you know growing up as a Celtic fan I mean Celtics didn't have too much of a history with the Indiana Pacers but I was a guy that hated Reggie Miller uh stick would stick his foot out when he shot threes and he would do all sorts of stuff to get under your skin uh and I hated him for it and then I saw um uh, what, what, it was it was the Knicks the Knicks Pacers thirty for thirty, and Reggie Miller just totally owned it. And I, I don't know if maybe I just was younger and wasn't paying attention. Maybe he owned it the whole time, but he totally owned that. Like yeah, like that's what I did to get in yeah. your head because it's a mental game just as much as it is a skill game. And I, I agree with you, Davidson is a dirty player, but at the same time, maybe you got to respect the hustle of uh, but finding ways. <laughs> But like he, but he got away with a couple foul calls, and the refs need to acknowledge that, and they did. Yeah, that's sure. a that's a problem. Like that Dur- that Durham one where they called it travel. Yeah, I think and he hooked his arm. I think it, he did hook it a little bit, but I think that still probably would have been a travel regardless. But like, and then the, Re- the the more egregious one was the Reeves one where he pulled him down, and they called a foul on Reeves. It's like, yeah, what are you supposed to do there? And you saw Reeves complaining about it. It's just, um, I don't know. I, but like, it is funny. It is funny though, because early in the first half, when um, it, you know PC was holding like a, a decent lead, maybe no, I think they might have even been down at some point in the first half. And I would say I texted you guys. Um, you know, the good thing is Davidson has half their points right now. And like, if you watch Davidson throughout his career, like he's a guy that can occasionally fill it up scoring, but that's not really his go-to. And so, like, I thought. You know, if he's going to score after points, I, I think we're going to win the game. And sure enough, yeah. that's what ends up happening. Um, but, yeah. And then another point I want to make, going back on Durham, uh, you mentioned it. I Maybe this is just the fan in, in us thinking this, but I kind of felt like he kind of was pressing a little bit to try and show out in front of the Big Ten foes that, that he used to go up against for the past three years. I I completely agree. It seemed like he had one. We're railing on we're railing on Davison, but you could tell he had respect for Durham. He kept picking up like when he hit the ground, he was picking him up and checking on him. So I guess there's a mutual respect there, which I can appreciate. Um, but Durham just seemed like he was trying a bit too hard, and it almost felt like we were in a we were at the Duncan from like two years ago in January, February, where everybody was just slipping and sliding all, all over the place. Like yeah. he kept falling and. He was driving, driving like uh, with like reckless abandon, and it just wasn't the Durham that we had been seeing. Granted, the first two games and to step up in competition, but it was just a completely different player from what we had seen. And um, you know, maybe maybe his emotions were there, returning to the Big Ten, saying, "Hey, like I'm on a new team. This is my new identity." But um, I would like to see a more controlled version of Durham because I think that's the best version of him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny he. And that first half, he just had a wild, like, uh, we wrote about an, an article that it was just a roller coaster game for him. Uh, he comes out, he does one of those AJ Reeves, just a monster tomahawk slam that doesn't come yeah, close, yeah. doesn't get the foul for it. So he does that, he lands hard, and then he has another drive where he tries to split two defenders and he goes down and gets hurt. And actually, when he leaves, PC kind of makes a run, but then in the second half, like he hit some of the biggest shots of the game. Yeah. He, he hits that three to put it away, put him up eight with like a minute, something left. Um, he also hit another uh, mid range jumper uh, in the game that, that was a nice shot in the second half. So just an up and down game for him. 
yeah, I, I think I think that to me that makes the only logical sense was that's what was going on. But um, I think it'll be fine. He ends up having a fine game. I think he had what thirteen points. Um, yeah, thirteen yeah. points, four assists. He had three, like turnovers, three turnovers, which isn't right. good. And then, so then I guess we can go right into now the sloppiness of the end of game situation. Yeah. Bynum had a rough one uh, in terms of shooting and taking care of the basketball. Uh, he went one of 10, 0 of 4 from three for four points with five turnovers. On the flip side, though, he does get a team high nine rebounds. I think that can't get overlooked. And he does dish out seven dimes. So, you know, Bynum, I think he's another guy where. I think for him in this one, he saw a guy in Chucky Hepburn, a freshman, and he was like, all right, I'm going to take this kid to school, right? Mm -hmm. He was very aggressive, which you want to see, but maybe too aggressive uh, in missing some shots around the rim, airballing a three, and of course the Wisconsin fans were sure to be on him every time he touched the ball, chanting airball. So he had a rough one, but um, but but I think both of them bounced back. Uh, yeah. Really I mean, for like not – you can't, you can't, in the, in the end, you can't turn the ball over, you know, when we're trying to protect a lead. And I know we're trying to run clock a bit, but he needs to run, be more aggressive and run offensive sets again for Watson or like, you know, for Horkler or set, set a pick for Reeves to get a look. You can't just rely, like Bynum is not the type of guy who you can say, okay, go take them one-on-one -on -one and make a basket. Like that's just not his game. Yeah. Um, Durham tried to do that and Durham was like settling for contested threes and, for the most, you know, he he, he hit a big one, but I, I don't like that as our primary offense. Um, and then free throws, man. Like, it's going to come back and bite us. Like, you can't expect what, – what do we end up going on free throws? 11 of 19. 50 – yeah, and 11 of 19 50%. is – like, the thing that's annoying is before Breed knocked a few down, we were doing pretty relatively well, but then – Bynum misses one. Durham missed two. Yeah, I think he Durham missed two on a trip. They yeah, had yeah. they missed. Uh, I want to say they missed two of the three front ends of one on ones. Yeah, and then and then I think went one of two on like the the ninth foul. I believe they went one of two hitting the first, missing the second, and then yeah, Bynum on a on a double bonus situation or or a shooting foul. I forget what it was. Missed both. Um, so, yeah, you can't you can't do that. No, you can't. Um, and that's where like and that's where like we were texting after the game, and you know, maybe it's just me with my emotions, but I was like, it felt it all like all the goodwill we created just seemed like it went out the window. It was like deflating it was like a deflating win. It's like, okay, that was great, but we barely scraped by, and it, it almost felt like we were lucky to win based off of what we did the last five or six minutes, even though we, you know dominated is too strong a word but we were the better team and it was objectively better for the first 35 minutes so it's just a really frustrating way to close a game yeah um yeah if you get just so you guys are aware of this boc was freaking out towards the end of the game and i was relatively calm and i will tell you why and and you actually mentioned it earlier in this episode uh the way wisconsin was scoring i just knew like our lead was like a nine point lead just seems like a mountain when you yeah. can't score the basketball. Uh, and that's why I wasn't fretting too hard. Um, obviously, but it was... I think they cut it to four. If, if we had turned it over, 
or or miss both free throws, uh, then I would have maybe gotten a little more nervous. But I don't know. It just never scared me enough, even though we were pretty sloppy. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I guess you were the more level-headed in that regard. But I've just seen us choke away too many of those games. Sure. And you just can't, you can't do those things. Like, it'd be nice to just have, like, a stress-free game. And, like, we were leading for the majority of that game. And sure enough, they make it just difficult on you. But I guess that's life yeah. as a Friar fan. I, I tweeted out, like, at halftime, like, what is the second half going to be? Is it going to be an adventure or are we going to put these guys away? Definitely yeah. put, didn't put them away. I wouldn't say it was like your it wasn't as bad as some of the times we've seen, like like you're alluding to. So yeah. I mean it could have been worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- there you have it. Friars are three and to start the year, uh, hosting UNH tonight. And we'll give you a quick preview of that right after a quick word from our sponsor here, Anchor. All right, welcome back to the Province Crier Podcast. All right, so UNH up next. Um our article on on our preview is on the site, theprovincecrier.com. Um, UNH enters the game 1-1. Um, you know, America East team, certainly a mid-major. Uh, Ken Palm has them at 213 right now. Um, so, obviously, PC hosting the game. I think we can all agree it's a game they should win going away. But I, I think – one of the themes that we're looking at at this game here is the hangover, <laughs> the hangover from the Wisconsin game, big moment. You know, the team was definitely into it, definitely stoked after the game. Now, do they let that momentum carry over or do they come out flat to start this game? I think that's the biggest question that we have on our minds. Yep. I completely agree. I think you hope that they're not reading the press clippings and are focused on the game at hand. Um, because it's obviously a long season and all the goodwill you get from beating a Wisconsin team goes right down the drain. If they lose a, as Roth's team likes to say, a bye game against uh, UNH. So they need, they need to cut, they need to come out. They need to dominate. Um, This is another game where our front court should, should flourish uh, because I, they don't have many big men on their roster. Nate should be putting up another 20 plus point game. And um, it should be, you know, one that, if we start out well, uh, we should win rather comfortably, but, um, you know, they gave Marquette a scare and, you know, Marquette just knocked off Illinois. So who knows? It's, you, need to come, for you. <laughs> you need to come ready to play. Yeah. So yeah, no one, your point on, uh, us should be able to dominate inside is definitely true. Um, you know, their two best players are forwards, but they're pretty undersized. Uh, Jaden Martinez is six seven, and then their second leading scorer. This guy's a specimen, Nick Guadarrama, six five two fifty. This kid is looks he, like he has game though. Fourteen points a game, six and a half rebounds, four assists. <laughs> he, I don't he's, know. he's yeah. He also stars as their H back and tight end during football <laughs> season. UNH typically has a pretty good football team, too, in uh, D1AA. But uh, yeah. Jay Martinez, your leading scorer at 20 and a half and, and nine rebounds a game. Those are really the guys that they're probably going to key on because after that, um, you know, they have another 10-point score, but they've only played two games. So um, tough to really gauge. But uh, Quan Murphy, uh, a guard, um, they have a guard from Montreal named – this is going to be tough. 
Blondell Chickalook Legno. Yes, yeah. stick to I'm your day job. That. Yep. Blondo T. Uh, uh, he's another guard on the team after nine and a half a game. Um, but uh, yeah, PC definitely should have the advantage. I'm looking for looking for a few things, bounce back games from an efficiency standpoint from Durham and Bynum. Uh, they don't have to like set the world on fire, but uh, you would like to see them clean up the turnovers. And then on the flip side, um, in terms of shooting, you know, try and create better shots for themselves or take less shots or whatever it needs to be. Just be a little more efficient on that end. Um, I'm looking for Horkler to get some of his offense going. He, he had a great game, like we alluded to, but he only took one shot. Um, that might have just been the way the game dictated itself, but uh, I would like to see Horkler get a few more looks, um, especially going into this Newark tournament. It'd be nice to kind of get his confidence going on an offensive end as well. So that's what I'm looking at. Definitely. And it's a, it's a sign of a good player where uh, if he's not making buckets, he's doing some other things. And that's what I like about Horkler. He uh, doesn't need to, he doesn't need to score to be an effective player. And uh, that's, that's, you know, what the selfless attitude that, that I really love about him. Yeah. So um, again, game at six thirty uh, PM tip at the dunk. Game will be on FS2. Our our guy John Fanta will be on the call with with Vin Pariste. Um, I read on PC. You get emails as a season ticket holder. No big deal. Even though you're a season ticket holder now too, so you probably got it as well. But uh, you know, I, I get an email about the game and it said the game's on FS1, but I'm ninety percent sure it's on FS2. I yeah. think it was on FS2. I think they probably just screwed that one up. Yeah. So FS2, um, the line of the game, I don't know if it's opened up yet. I'm always checking the lines. By the way, once once, uh, once it was announced on Twitter that Johnny Davis was in street clothes and not going to play, I immediately hopped on Providence Money Line. because that, That's the funny thing about college sports gambling is the injury report. It's not like regulated like it is in other yeah. professional sports. So you find out on Twitter, the line doesn't move like, hello, free money. Uh, but I don't think the line has come out yet for the province game. Let me check one more time here. Uh, Thursday. All right. No, the lines are out. And PC right now is makes for great podcasts and searching for those so while you're doing that i always say my prediction was pc wins by 11 so let's see how i'm in, how aligned i am with vegas oh of course they don't have the fire spread out yet you gotta be kidding me uh nice Damn it. but i would expect them a uh, one good indicator of spreads though is kempom and kempom has pc yeah, winning. Be, yeah because he yeah because kempom was so accurate with the wisconsin providence game <laughs> Ooh, a lot of hate for Kempom from BOC today. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I mean, I don't understand how we only rise up seven or eight spots after beating a team we were five and a half point dogs. We beat them by five and they hardly drop and we hardly go up. That I understand Kempom needs to be statistically significant. It's just a st- statistical model and they need more of a sample size, but maybe they shouldn't just, maybe they shouldn't release Kempom until it has enough statistics. That's <laughs> one, one layman's point. 
And maybe he starts up a few months in the season. But but like we said in the past, he admitted going into the year, like, yeah, my preseason rankings really don't matter. They don't mean anything. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Ken Palm has him as uh, winners, I think, six, 74, 61 or something like that. Okay. Um, so I would guess the line would be around 13 points. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I think PC will win by more than that. I think I predicted. Uh, and here's another thing: people getting on me on Twitter about my predictions. They want me to fade PC now, and in, in uh, or they want to fade me and have me pick against PC. But it's like, like hello, like I got the Sacred Heart score. I was off by four freaking points. So I'm gonna stick with picking how I feel like picking, and we'll see where the chips lie. Uh, but I believe in the article, I have PC getting the win. Um, I think you had them by 15 or 16. No, you're 80-69. I'm, I'm 81-63. Okay. Uh, so I'm a little more bullish on the Friars. Um, I just think they take care of business. I think the good thing about this team is I think they have a chip on their shoulder. And when you add guys like Manai and Durham, who ha- I believe haven't been in the tournament, Yet um, they're hungry too. They know what's at stake. Their experience. So, you know, I, I could see them coming out a little flat in the beginning, but ultimately, I, I think PC gets like a twenty-plus point win in this one. Um, and we're off to New York, BOC. Yeah, we have a business trip, as they call it, Monday business and Tuesday. Trip. We're we're yep. here for a business trip. Yep, Sunday I'm going to make the uh, Sunday I'm going to make the trip to my folks beach house in Connecticut and uh, cut the drive in half. And then I'll meet you in a, uh, in Newark on Monday night. Um, there you go. So for the pod, we've been going back and forth on how we want to do this, but I think we'll probably get a preview show out there at some point. And then I'm thinking we record like right at, like, I don't know, maybe we go to a bar after the game. Who knows how we do this, but yeah. uh maybe record before bar record after bar um, record in bar who knows uh but yeah BO, uh, boc and i will be live in newark uh and we'll have boots on the ground very excited to go um, and if, if folks are go- if folks are going hit us up on twitter we'd love to get a beer and talk with some folks yes, prior. for sure totally in um so yeah i mean unfortunately for pc the tournament itself is starting to get degraded here as Virginia just keeps getting smoked. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be a good one. I'm excited. Um, so stay, uh, stay in tune with us on Twitter and on the site. Um, we'll have more updates on, on what we're going to do uh, for the tournament. But until then, peace out, Friar Town. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, Cross over, I might throw that out of you. Me well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go. Ay. Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll. Ay. Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope. I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it. Yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic. This year we taking over March Madness. Man up in my city, I'm 